Hello, Acaville Radio, and welcome to Tacapella, a podcast for the acapella community where we examine the culture as well as the ins and outs of vocal music, along with the people who are working to shape it. I am one of your hosts who is back from hiatus, Alicia Edwards. Joining me is my good friend, Brian Alexander. Don't laugh at me, Brian. <laughs> that was just funny listening to that out loud. I'm like, I know that that was the case, but hearing you actually say oh, it was just oh, so different. Well, and I have been on hiatus, but I'm back. How are you today? I, I am fantabulous, you know? Yeah, I got no complaints, you know? Yeah, week's been going all right. How about yourself? I don't know if I told you this, but I fell and landed on my tailbone down the stairs. Unless you've done that multiple times, then I actually not have like, heard of that. Not like super recently. I did it like okay. back in January and I've been going to physical therapy and I had mm-hmm. physical therapy this morning and it just kicked my butt. So that was a great start to the day. Painful. Yeah. Yeah. It's not as bad. It's like a good workout. So okay. it's, it's really good for me because I work out so often. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't. But I'm really excited because I've got this awesome like sick hoodie that we got from not- Squad Harmonics. I and know. I-, I got it in the mail and I didn't know what it was. Mm-hmm. And it said it was from like a company called like T-Sport or something, T-E-E. And so I thought maybe it was like golf tees because we just ordered a bunch of golf clubs for moi because I'm going to try to start <laughs> golfing with my husband. What? Yeah, super fun. But then as soon as I saw the package in the mailbox, I was like, oh my gosh, it's my hoodie. And I got just really excited. Packages alone are just great. But ones that are from like guests of the show, yeah. that's like it's, even better well and i'm like this is my first guest gift and so oh man i'm just really excited this is like one of the benefits of having a podcast you know being a, a host of a podcast yeah. you know, those little little gifts those little trinkets that you get and so and i've been needing a yeah. new hoodie shout anyway. out to laura and squad harmonics thank you you guys are awesome yeah man shout out to those guys they're just doing great things and mm-hmm. man when they just send us stuff like this we can't be even more happier with them so that's great so alicia Brian. today we are going to be doing something a little bit different so we discuss a lot of things on the show we discuss a lot of cultural things we discuss a lot of music technical related type things we like to interview guests but today we felt like we should offer for our audience and listeners something a little bit different. So with that, we are going to discuss some topics that we've been just thinking about. Some ideas, uh, some things happening in the community that's just like, you know what, we should dive a little bit deeper. We are? And yes. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You sound I, surprised. I'm just kidding. I knew that. <laughs> oh, okay. I was about to say, this is going to make the show very interesting if you weren't but aware I'm, of that. But I'm a little bit nervous because the topic that you have selected, I have no idea. I know. I, just, which I is... don't know what it is. And so I am I have a little bit of anxiety right now. Oh, you, you shouldn't worry about this. This is going to be something that we've discussed before. So for our listeners out there, both of us have chosen a topic that we like to just discuss a little bit further, just dive a little bit deeper on. And so for the first portion of the show, I've actually come up with a topic. And today's topic is something that has been discussed quite a bit in the acapella community. It's actually one of the cornerstone pieces of just, you know, who we are as a community. And by that, I mean, there's a lot of questions surrounding what makes acapella. And one of those aspects is in terms of the music selection that you're doing. And one of the really big pieces that goes with all of this is original music. 
and original uh, music. Okay. I know. Okay. It's something a little bit different, which we've discussed originals before on the show. This is like, this is not necessarily new, but I don't know if we've given it, you know, the discourse that it's really deserved. And so I kind of wanted to bring that up today and talk a little bit more about that. So for ever since I got into acapella, I've always just heard the constant topic, excuse me. I've constantly heard about originals, you know, acapella groups don't do enough originals. That's still what's separating them from the rest of the music masses. And it's just been something that I've attempted before. It's actually interesting because back in my collegiate group, we didn't really do originals, but at the very end of my term with the group, the last year, me and my roommate, who was also the guy that co-founded the group with me, who was also a former guest of the show, Trent Viner. Yeah, Trent. I I know the name, but I've never met him. (laughs) Right. And so we've We've actually tried to come up with the original that we wanted to leave the group with, kind of like a farewell parting gift, something that we could have when we came back, whenever there was reunion shows or just regular concerts, something that the group might be interested in singing. And let me just tell you, we sat there and we put some lyrics together. We tried to come up with some music and it totally bombed. <laughs> we, <laughs> sent, <laughs> we sent that song out to current members and former members and I don't know, for whatever reason, maybe they were just being nice as they were just like, nah, that's not going to work. Well, they didn't say it like that. I'm just, the, the idea was shot down. I, I think that it wasn't, people were just weren't feeling it. And okay. you know, that's how it is with music. Either you're feeling something or you're not at the end of well, the day. Well, and it depends on the time too. Like I've heard certain songs where I'm just like, eh. And then I hear it more and more and I'm like, oh, oh, I like that. One that I really, I mean, obviously this is not an original acapella song, but a song that I really, really loved the first time I heard it was Guiding Light by Mumford and Sons. And so I actually took a crack at arranging that for acapella and it was okay. Like the arrangement was okay. And so my current group, we were going to start learning it and then COVID hit. And then I kind of decided there was some stuff I wanted to tweak and I I pulled it back. But Mm. like, I feel like just kind of depending on your your musical taste sometimes whatever the song is whether it's original or not it's going to gel with a certain crowd and sometimes it's going to take some time and that's such a good point because taste is like everything when it comes to music and it's so subjective at the end of the day because you're working with you know at the very least, typically, you know, six to eight people and trying to wrangle that many ideas and preferences all together. It's so tough. And then you add on the idea of creating something like so uniquely yourself Mm -hmm. and trying to get buy-in from the rest of the group. That's, it can be scary. Oh yeah, totally. Uh, Well, and I think something that's really important about composing an original piece and for it to be successful, I mean, as far as successful goes, we could go into that all day. Um, Mm -hmm. That's going to look different for different people and for different groups. But I think for it to be musically successful and for the pieces and the parts to work together, I think you have to at least have a basic idea of music theory. I, yes, I can see that. I can for sure see that. And that's part of why Um, I've never tried to do anything original because mm -hmm. I don't trust my musical abilities. Like for me, if there's a piece of sheet music that I can refer to and I know, okay, here's the chords, here's the chord progression of the song, it makes it a lot easier for me to arrange something. Whereas if I have no idea what I'm doing, like I, Mm -hmm. I know nothing about music theory. I mean, okay, that's that's a lie. I know I know a little bit. I know the basics. Like I know what a tonic is. I know what a seven chord is. Yeah, I know what major, minor is. But it's 
knowing the intricacies of music theory is kind of what scares me into trying to do something that's original. And I get that because I've been around a lot of musicians who it's just comforting to know that the people you're working with and creating with, they have kind of that basic understanding of theory. Because yes, if we're going to be honest, it will make life a lot easier if everyone's on the same page of that foundation in terms of artistry. I've also worked with a ton of musicians who, at least in the early stages of our friendship and I guess working together, our uh, co-workers, I don't know how the correct way to put that. Your but colleagues, us, your friends. My colleague, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Musical colleagues. Yeah. In our early stages, they didn't know a lot about a sheet music or sight reading or chord structures and things like that. And granted, they improved and developed their skills over time. I don't know if they necessarily still would still consider themselves somebody that knows theory or whatever, but those people have been some of the most creative, ambitious, just like wonderful musicians I've ever had to pleasure of work with. So while I get that, yes, theory helps, I don't necessarily think you need it to create music. And I'll tell you why, because music, there are so many different components to it Mm -hmm. at the end of the day. And I feel like if you can figure out some of those components, you can get others involved to figure out the rest of the components. So say, for instance, back when I was mentioning our failed attempt at creating an original (laughs) song for my college group, I did the lyrics. Me, I've always been a word, word person. I love words I love back little side story when I was younger I used to write a lot of poetry and so I think that's where my love of like words came from I love to just try and make things rhyme so for me quick side note I know you're good at that because every Thanksgiving (laughs) and every Christmas I get this mass group text message from you that's like super clever and like I'm grateful for food and I don't even know what rhymes with food but you just have these really clever messages about like the holidays and how you miss your friends and I mean, I think most recently there was some sort of comment about the pandemic thrown in there or like weaved into that little that little poem that you sent. Like, I know you're very good with words. Yeah. And now now the secret is out about that, Alicia. Thank you. So Uh, if you get a random text message at holiday time, (laughs) it's probably from Brian. It's just a little fun thing I enjoy doing. I like to because, okay, another man, we're going off the deep end here. We're going down the rabbit hole. Yeah, exactly. Another fantasy occupation that's always been at the back of my mind. I would have loved to write those Hallmark cards. <laughs> that's just been something that's been on my bucket list forever. Like, get up, card publishing Hallmark. Oh. Have you ever seen the movie Mr. Deeds with Adam Sandler? I have. Okay, he's oh, he's a greeting point. card writer. Yeah, I didn't think about that. Man. Yeah, or he he wants to be successful at it at least. Right. Yeah. So the dream it might be there one day. But where I was going with that is, for me, I was the words guy, so it was easy for me to put some lyrics together. And then what I did is I reached out to Trent and be like, "Hey, you are so good with arranging and theory in general." why don't you see if you can put some music to this? And that's where we kind of did our little individual things and brought them together, which is why I think at least starting off, you can just put those pieces together, even if they're individually, and maybe they can create something. And that kind of leads into this bigger thought of, I think that enough groups aren't risking things, you know, taking risks basically, because I'm thinking about all the music I consume. So for me, outside of, you know, the show, I also... I review music for the recorded acapella review board. I do a lot of content with college acapella and I do some other music stuff. And I come across maybe in terms of if you were looking at an amount in terms of album, if you think about your generic album, you know, has what, 10 to 12 tracks probably. I would say about one in four albums I come across have at least one original which I think that number is way too, way too small. And I feel like that's that's something we got to fix. And I don't think it's due to a lack of talent. 
at the end of the day because I'm thinking about these different albums I've come across recently. I recently reviewed an album for the Vassar Devils called Words on Set. They had a beautiful original on there. I know the acapella group known as Tag, they have an original on their Six Feet Apart album. And so those are, you're working with a college group and then Tag is a high school group. And then you think of even, not even just, I guess, Scholastic groups. Think of Pentatonics. They put out an mm-hmm. all original album yep. back in 2015. Yep. Even older, Bobby McFarlane, Farron, the thing that got everything kind of started was Don't Worry, Be Happy. And then mm-hmm. like our recent guests, Puster, they have released oh, tons yeah. of originals. And, and they're so, I'm like, so good. Yeah, exactly. And I'm just like, man, the talent is there. It's just, why aren't we doing it? I think a lot of it is, and this isn't just with with acapella, but it's in general, fear of the unknown. Performing a cover of something that's already been a hit, the likelihood, as long as, I mean, if it's a good arrangement, the likelihood that it's going to be received well by your audience is pretty decent. It's it's very risk averse. But like you said, we find we naturally don't want to take risks. It, yeah. It's a big risk. If you're putting yourself out there with an original piece, are people going to like it? And And not knowing that, I think, instills enough fear of failure that it's kind of off-putting. Well, let me ask you this question. To that, I ask you, well, weren't, wouldn't you go through those same kind of fears and just that risking the unknown with a, a cover at the end of the day, at least to some degree? To some degree, yeah. But I mean, between c- doing covers and original music, it's riskier, I would say, to do originals. Yeah. No. And so mm-hmm. if you've got, I mean, an acapella, if you're not doing originals, you do covers. Like that's right. really, those are your two options. I mean, I think of people like to be efficient. I mean, for me at least, I like to be efficient. If I can get something done in 30 minutes versus eight hours, I'm going to mm-hmm. choose what's going to take me 30 minutes to do. I'm going to take the path of least resistance. And I feel like when it comes to music, we like to do that. Well, and not even just music, just in general, we like to do that. Thing that we're familiar with i agree that's how, that's how we are as human beings it's, for it's sure. about it's about staying in that comfort zone and i mm-hmm. think a lot of that comes down like you see that with genres too in music certain groups they'll stick to one genre because doing something different kind of takes them outside that comfort zone and so mm-hmm. that's where you see that groups have their brand like yeah. you've got groups that stick to certain brand or, or different genres like r&b versus mainstream pop versus some groups do musical theater or only disney songs i was gonna say it's kind of ingrained in their dna after mm-hmm. doing it for so long and i feel like you really don't see a divergence of that their style until you know after maybe 10 years eight to 10 years if we're right. talking about co- just specific collegiate groups so with you it's so easy just to get in this the structure of this is who we are this is the kind of music that fits that's supposed to be what we're giving our audience but with that some other thoughts came to mind because i actually feel like vocal groups are like the prime candidates for like originals at the end of the day because let's look at this you have you typically have a dedicated follower base you you have regular people audience members coming to your shows you you have a, a source of people digesting what you're putting out so it's you got the support right there you already have the talent as we've kind of talked about it's not that people are incapable of writing originals now when it comes to you know is it good of course that's subjective but you have the people in your group who are able to arrange music you have people that are probably good at words and can put some lyrics together and then with that you're 
typically doing a few shows every few months or so. So you have that trial and error. So if even if you came up with an original pandemic you, aside, oh, good point. <laughs> Such a good point. You used to have that. <laughs> you used to have that. We are getting to a new normal slowly with vaccinations and ideally ever achieving herd immunity thanks to vaccines. So, so that's coming back, the so, live performances. So in the future, you will have those opportunities once again. But I was going to say, like, you have that opportunity to try an original and see see how it's received and you know what if it's not you throw it in the middle of a set somewhere and if it's not received well, I'm like okay maybe we don't do that song again for a few shows or we go back and rework it or whatever and I'm just like there's so much yes there's a lot of risk involved but you also have so much reward from attempting originals mm -hmm. as we've seen from some of the groups we've talked about who have are putting out originals and it's so easy for me to go back to Pustare because we had such an in-depth conversation with them about their originals and just I vividly remember their songs because they're, they're just so good they're so, so good. yeah exactly they're so emotional and they just like mm -hmm. grip you at the end of the day and just like that's the feeling i want to i want my audience to feel if i was performing in front of right. them well and there's a story to all of their songs so it really gives you meaning and it gives you something to follow and it gives you something to kind of hold on to during that song right exactly and i feel like every group like you're saying they have they have a story to tell it's just right. which which one do you want to tell at the end of the day mm -hmm. and how do you want to present that i feel like we could we all have something to share and as musicians we should be able to share it through music like i said it's not going to be easy of course nobody like we found out you can't just sit down for the first time and expect you know to put out a bruno mars hit mm -hmm. it's going to take a few trial and errors normally well, you hear about and every song yeah. at some point was an original. Somebody took the risk for, I mean, at some point, someone was in your shoes. They took mm -hmm. the risk of putting out this original song and you you win some, you lose some. I, I think of different artists that I like. Like my one of my favorite bands is Goo Goo Dolls. That and some group. of their songs... Huh? I do not like just what? because I like them. I love them as a band. They're one of my top favorite bands. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean I have to like every single one of their songs. So, I mean, you're going to have fans out there who aren't going to love all of your numbers. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. Because that's a, for every uh, number that they don't like, there's a number that they love. Right. And that's the uh, being an artist at the end of the day. You're not. It's not going to be 100% well received all the time, like right. you're saying. And, and, and for every person who doesn't like your original song, mm -hmm. there's going to be somebody who does. You just, you can't please everyone and you have to get over that. I've kind of found out just by listening to various acapella groups, like those, I wouldn't call them weird, but maybe like lesser knowns or not as popular tracks by artists that I would have never discovered had it not been for an acapella group. And I'm like, mm -hmm. I actually kind of like, like that song versus probably some of their more popular stuff. Well, and I've heard yeah. acapella groups when they've done a cover, I like the cover more than the original. Mm -hmm. So if you can take those elements that you and like the effort that you put in to arranging that cover i mean you can take those same skills and translate that to an original song you're most likely going to find some level of success yeah because think of the the competition scene what normally takes place you you get people trying to be like their most innovative most creative mm -hmm. their most artsy they're trying to like well you want to stand rework. out right exactly and and like you're saying like if you're going to do that for the competition scene why wouldn't you put that effort into creating something that that's uniquely yours mm -hmm. at the end of the day because it it's probably going to require just the same amount of work maybe a little bit more just in terms of putting some new ideas on paper because you're starting from scratch but you're already mm -hmm. thinking of doing that with other people's work i think it's time that you try it with your own right and and i think i think when a lot of people think of arranging music i'm included in that they think of sheet music and putting it out on paper 
That doesn't necessarily have to be the case. I mean, my collegiate group, I'm fairly certain they still do this, or at least they do this now. We didn't do it when I was in the group, at least not for the majority of our songs, but they learn by ear. Yeah. They have all of the parts. Whoever has arranged it, they record out all of the parts and they've got their part in one ear and everyone else in the other ear and they learn it by listening. And honestly, if you have the ability to do that and learn a song that way, I think it's easier than looking at sheet music. And that's a good point because they're actually, like off the top of my head, there are two specific groups I know that fit right into that mode that you're talking about. They do everything by ear. The Hullabahoos, which are out of, what is it, University of Virginia, I believe. And then Naturally Seven, an amazingly Mm -hmm. talented like pro group that travels the world. They do everything by ear. I'm like, I didn't know that. That's awesome. Yeah. There's a lot of people who they're not going to even try to get into the acapella scene because they can't read music. And that's a shame. There are options for you. And like that might just go along with finding that group that fits you because yeah, they're going to be some super strict groups and like, hey, everybody has to be like this when they come in the group. But in that same respect, there are probably hundreds of other groups who offer something different that they want to just work with the people who want to be a part of this experience. And with that, we are going to have to take our first commercial break, but don't go anywhere because we've been talking a little bit about original music, but we're going to shift gears and talk about a brand new topic that Alicia has in store for us. And you are definitely going to want to hear that. So we will be right back on Talkapella. Justin Glodich has done a lot in music, directed a collegiate group, performed on a reality TV show, and now he's in the classroom as a music educator, and he's got a show all about it. Aka Education focuses on how to bring contemporary acapella into music classrooms, and you can hear it right here, Thursdays at 7 p.m. East, 4 p.m. West, and again on rebroadcast Sundays at 8 a.m. and 8 p.m. East, 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. West. It's also part of the Acaville Podcast Network at podcast.acaville.org. And welcome back to Tacapella. I'm Alicia Edwards with my good friend Brian, and we are doing something different today. So if you're just joining us, this is a hosts only special, which is awesome because I mean, Brian and I just get to chat, which we don't get to do very often. Yeah, we're normally um, just asking other people, you know, all about themselves. But now we get to dive into each other's mind. Oh, my mind is a dark place. We're not going to go oh, that far. Thought I'm reconsidering Maybe. everything. And that's it for the show today. Just kidding. <laughs> so during the first half, we were talking about acapella originals. And I got to admit, I had a little bit of anxiety going into that because I had no idea that that's the topic that Brian wanted to discuss. So now the tables have turned and we get to talk about a topic that I have picked and Uh Brian has no idea what it is. You should be nervous. No, I'm kidding. And I actually briefly kind of mentioned it during Mm. what we were talking about or or during Uh our our conversation in the first half. The wheels are turning now. Yeah. I wanted to talk about what success looks like in acapella. Ooh, okay. And it's it's so, it's, I mentioned, I was like, we could talk about this all day. Well, we're going to talk about it all of this half. So I'm, I'm a bit of a nerd. I went to business school. I studied management during my undergrad. I went on, got my master's degree in public administration. And, and I'm, one of the things I'm passionate about is making sure that groups and teams function well. Mm-hmm. And I think that acapella is no exception to that. If you don't work well with each other, 
that is going to translate to the stage or to your recordings. It's just, it's not going to be fun to watch. There's a group that I know of, and I found out later that there was some animosity in the group. And they they had come out with a really, really well done music video. But there were certain things that I noticed where I was like, something is off here. And it was amazing to me that that came across in a video. Because on stage, if you see people singing together, and they don't gel, you're going to notice. It's so it's painfully awkward to watch. And so for me, I think that in any acapella group, you need to have SMART goals. And I mean, SMART's an acronym. I don't know how familiar you are with this, Brian. I've heard of it before, for sure. So you have to have (laughs) SMART goals, specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and timely. I feel like I'm back in college now. So you're not just going to say, oh, we want to do well. That's our goal. That's Mm -hmm. not a specific goal. We want to perform at two shows this year. Okay. Great. Great. That's a specific goal. Or we want to learn two songs every month. Mm -hmm. That's a specific goal. You want to have something that's measurable. And what I just explained there, we want to learn two songs every month. That's measurable. Did you need it or didn't you? Attainable is you're not going to, you know, there's that saying, shoot for the moon. Even if you miss, (laughs) you'll land among the stars. No, shoot for something that you know (laughs) is going to be a challenge, but something that you can actually Shoot for something within reach. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Let's say you have an overarching goal of you want to establish your presence digitally or on social media. You're not going to say, we're going to drop a viral video in the next month. That's not attainable. Come on. Be realistic. No control over that. Yeah. Relative. Relevant. That's what R stands for. Like if if you're doing acapella, you're not going to like put out a dance video necessarily. What? I can't like put together a ballet group or something? Right. I say that and I realize Pipeline Vocal Project, who is like one of my favorite groups to follow now, who we Mm -hmm. had on the show, they've put out some just so fun to watch i just love them so for them it works and and then timely so i mentioned earlier if your goal is to learn two songs okay what's your time frame for it not just (laughs) yeah because that that makes sense that's because that's a challenge right and that's this is going to look different for every group it's going to look different for a, a group in high school versus a collegiate group versus post-collegiate. And a lot of it will be kind of dependent on what resources you have available to you. Mm -hmm. Like if you are just starting out, I don't think it's feasible to hit the ground running. Like you kind Mm. of have to establish your presence. So like the group that you and I started, what now, five and a half years ago, Uh, when we first started, I think our first gig was a house party. Oh, it was that Christmas party. Uh Yeah, It wasn't on stage in front of a huge audience. It was something (laughs) small and low key. But I mean, that's what worked for us. It was literally a living room. Yeah. It was. It totally was. And I mean, and now we've gotten on stage and performed in front of hundreds of people, which is really, really fun. I mean, pre-COVID, hopefully post-COVID too. Mm-hmm. But it's just, you need to start where you're at. So let me ask you a question here with that. So yeah. say, for instance, I'm a smaller group, maybe like a private college, you know, a little small college somewhere, and we don't have a ton of support and resources from the university what's a goal give me or maybe you can give me two one on both ends what's a reasonable goal just a reasonable random goal and what's a like an out there goal that maybe they shouldn't try and shoot for if they have limited resources and they're in in a small community well let me ask you this are mm-hmm. they focused on digital content or live performances? They're probably focused on more live than trying to be viral like you like we okay. mentioned earlier. Okay. So I would say if it's brand new, I think that some of your I would say that some realistic goals that you have at that point in time are how many songs do you want to learn? Okay. 
within what what time frame. And I think another goal that you could have that's that you could have as a smart goal on top of that is booking your first X number of gigs within okay. the next X number yeah. of months. Sounds reasonable. Yeah, I would say something that's probably not really feasible is putting on a huge concert on campus. Ooh, you just crush so many dreams. Well, not not when you're first starting, because if you (laughs) don't have the resources, you don't have the buy-in, you need to walk before you can run. But that was like, that's so many people's goals, like who are just in an acapella because they see that, they see, they go online and they see other groups. And I'm not going to lie, that was our group. We wanted to come into the university and be this brand new group and immediately just have everyone fall in love with us well and and i totally get that and my collegiate group noteworthy they're actually they're part of byu now and and they have so much support and so many resources and it's a wonderful thing but it took the group 10 years to get there the school didn't want anything to do with them Mm -hmm. there was lobbying and lobbying the school officials to get noteworthy adopted by byu in the school of music and it just wasn't happening which was sad because you had Vocal Point, an all-male group that was part that is, or it's not now, it's part of performing arts management, which Noteworthy is too. But at the time, Vocal Point was part of the School of Music. And every year, I don't know if Noteworthy still does this, but they had up until the time I was in the group, we established short-term and long-term goals. Okay. And one of their long-term goals when they first started, I believe, was to be adopted by BYU. Oh, nice. And sometimes yeah. those goals take time. Yeah. And that's just something that, it's easier to it's easier said than done, but it's something that I mean you need to expect. And you just made me think of something because you were talking about short term and long term goals, and I think this applies with any group because it, we see it happens with bands. People come mm-hmm. and go. Not not everyone stays in the group forever. Oh yeah, I think, you do have turnaround. Right, and I think short term goals. I think that that can mean a lot of things. I don't think it just means you know two months or three months or whatever or a few days at the end of the day. I think short term could also mean your specific duration in the group versus long term is just the longevity overall specifically if you're in a scholastic group because those groups are going to outlive their members for sure like you said with noteworthy 10 years and so how many members came through the group at that point Mm -hmm. and I think that's what you have to consider you know what goals do you want for yourself with the group and then of course there might be sometimes you need to consider what do you want for the group as a whole whether you're in it or not and I think you need to talk about those goals because Mm -hmm. if you're not all on the same page Age, there's going to be, I mean, for lack of a better term here, some dissonance in the group. Oh, yeah. And that's not going to help anyone. Conflict is not necessarily bad. It's something that will help you grow. So if there's mm-hmm. an elephant in the room, it's time to buckle up and address it. And I think, I think when you do that, you will be able to move towards success, however you're measuring that. And I, I did ask you this when you kind of gave me that scenario about a small group at a private school, I was like, are they focused on digital content or are they focused on live performances? I kind of want to dive into that a little bit. Like, what does it look like to be successful in the digital realm versus what does it look like to be successful as a live group? I I kind of want to touch on the live group first because that's kind of near and dear to my heart because I Mm -hmm. 100% prefer live, like personally as a performer, I 100% prefer live performance as opposed to digital content and music videos. I just think it's more fun. It's in the moment. Mm -hmm. You develop these memories that are going to last for who knows how long. I was actually listening to Deke Sharon earlier today and he was talking about how if you want to sing, go out and do it. 
And mm-hmm. so I think if you want to get better, whether it's singing individually or singing with your acapella group or any musical group you're a part of, go out and do it. Go to a park, go to a corner downtown and just do your thing. And I mean, that's a good way even to test the waters. If let's say you have original content and you want to see how it's going to be perceived by the community, you could go out to an area in public and just do it. I'm with you because some of my favorite memories with all the various groups I've been a part of, while the the live stuff, yes, it's exhilarating, it's fun, it's incredible. Some of my like fondest memories or when it wasn't like pre-planned it wasn't for a gig it was we were out together and someone just asked us to sing and I can think of a few instances I'm like I can think of multiple times my college group we sang in like IHOP that was near campus <laughs> there was an other times when we sang at a candy shop that was nearby the the school and then there were other times like me and some buddies from high school which I've spoken about in the past on the show some guys that I originally got started singing with you know we would sing like out in front of Walmart or on street mm-hmm. corners, just mm-hmm. just cuss. And so those are some of the, the best right. musical memories. Right. And I, I mentioned that like earlier when you were talking about original songs, we have this fear of failure. Well, you're not going to grow until you just get out and do it. So I think it's time for us to get comfortable with the uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. If you want to get out and be a live performer, you need to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't be just waiting for your big break. Because if you keep waiting, it's never going to happen. Very rarely, to that point, very rarely, unless you're like Beyonce or Bruno mm-hmm, Mars mm-hmm. or, you know, some super famous group, will you ever be able to dictate your opportunities when it comes yeah. to music? And so that's a good point. And I think another huge thing, if you're focusing on a live performance aspect and that's what you want to do and that's what you want to do well and be known for, you need to have live rehearsals. What do you mean by live rehearsals? You need to get together in person. Oh, oh, of course. Yeah. I mean, so obviously, I'm I'm not saying that you practice together because as far as like getting your individual part down, getting your notes, that happens individually. Your individual group members need to have expectations that they are held to, to practice the music on their own, put in the time. And when you come together, that's when you rehearse. That's when you work on the different musical elements. That's when you work on the blend. One mm-hmm. of the biggest critiques I have seen and heard from acapella groups that I haven't been impressed with is lack of blend. Because uh. if that is not there, it doesn't matter if every single member of the group is singing the notes with precision. If the blend's not there, it's going to sound like something is off. My the tone's f- not just not going to be there. <laughs> One of the, the lines that I can never forget when it comes to music is from the the movie Drumline. What is it? The the one band, one sound. Totally. And just like, and the same thing applies with music. At the end of the day, I'm like, you should really be striving, like you're saying, to sound like one instrument, Mm -hmm. especially the vocals. I'm like, you should be spending every waking moment to figure out what can we do to make people believe that we've been singing together for years. Right. Because it doesn't matter at the end of the day if you've just picked up a song the week prior. When you're singing it in a show... Your audience doesn't care. And maybe I'm being a little bit blunt with that, but that's the reality of it. They're either going to be like, oh, that was great. Or, oh, that kind of, that was nice. And Deke Sharon said, that's what your grandma tells you when you're a five-year-old and you painted a picture for her because you're five and you're not like some artistic prodigy. She's like, oh, that's nice. You never want to have someone tell you that. That's like the worst thing you can hear. So I wrote this down in four words. Practice individually. 
rehearse together. When you like do it. that and you do that consistently, you're going to go places and you're going to have some measure of success. <laughs> well, and I, I think like even even the greats like Beyonce, mm-hmm. I'm sure she puts in the rehearsal time. Oh, yeah. And the individual practice time. She doesn't just listen to a song once, I'm sure, and just come out belting and wowing everyone although i'm sure she could your group should be experiencing those stories that you hear about where you hear like musicians like man we spent hours in the in the studio just to get that one part i'm not saying that your group needs to be spending five and six hours but that amount of effort that amount of drive and determination to fine-tune things until it's just like the best it possibly can be it should be ingrained into your members of the group and this is interesting because we're talking about success but we have to also recognize that there are a ton of groups out there. We, we've mentioned that we've had guests on who are, who have deliberately called themselves hobby groups. They're not in it for competition. They're not in it to sell tons of records. They're just in it for the love of music. And that's fine. You know, if that's who you are, and if you that, just want that, that's cool. And that goes back to those goals. Those goals are going to help you measure whether or not you've been successful. And like I said earlier, that's going to look different for every group. Not every group is created equally. They're mm-hmm. not cookie cutter. Not every acapella group is the same. There's so much variety. Contrary to that one <laughs> article we read and discussed way back in the day, that one that uh, made my blood boil. I don't think it is fair to you or your other group members mm-hmm. to expect your members to practice individually for hours on end and come together and all of a sudden you've put together this great musical piece. It's just not going to happen. Yeah, and I think with that, you also, as you're laying down your goals and things like that like you're saying I think you need to be very upfront about it because Mm -hmm. in that same respect if you're telling your musicians and your members of the group hey you guys need to be perfect on every part I want you to spend five four hours a night working on this and your goal is to have (laughs) one concert at the library every six months that doesn't make a lot of sense come on let's be honest you should have some your goals should be matching your preparation at the end of the day congruency with it yeah, you should be aiming for, you know, what you're asking of your members of the mm-hmm. group. That I'm like, it shouldn't be, oh, hey, we're going to do all of this work and we're going to make sure the absolute best and we're going to go to like the biggest competition or we're going to put out the, the baddest record out there. We're going to, like I said, it should match your intensity. Yeah. It should match what you're doing. Right. And just briefly, I kind of want to talk a little bit about digital content. Okay. I think in today's day and age to be successful with that, Well, especially during COVID, we've seen a ton of groups that have focused more on putting out digital content with varying levels of success. I'll be the first to say my acapella group that I'm a part of, I don't think has been very successful digitally. And I think that a lot of that has to do with we're not on the same page with what we're wanting to put out there. And again, it goes back to having those goals. Do we want to put out one video every week? And more specifically with that, for the videos that we are putting out, if we're putting out a song, how long does that song want to be? Or or, or Mm -hmm. how long do we want that song to be? Is it a verse and a chorus? Is it a full-length produced music video? And keep in mind, this is all totally subjective gospel from Alicia. When it comes to acapella, (laughs) like for me, I really get in to a video when I can, one, see that the performers are enjoying themselves. If I see someone singing with just a flat face, 
I don't want to watch them. Right. And honestly, I'm not great at that. Mm -hmm. I'm not great at looking super engaged when I'm singing to a camera. And we have one member in the group, and I I told her last week, in my opinion, she's the only person I ever want to watch. Because, (laughs) well, and and to her credit, her degree is in musical theater. So she's very expressive. She's just so fun to watch. I think that you need to all get on the same page with what you're going to be putting out there. And if Mm -hmm. your goal is to gain a following, you need to be consistent with what you're putting out there. Like Mm -hmm. if you're going to be putting out two videos a month, you need to be putting out two videos a month and you need to put the time in on the back end to be able to produce the product. I'm with you because I, I wholeheartedly live by the phrase of there's like there's no shortcuts to success. And with that comes, like you're saying, everyone who's a part of whatever organization, group, whatever thing that your business, whatever it is that you're working towards, they have to be on the same page and willing to all commit to putting out the very best of their, their selves or their product, whatever it is, right. um, especially with music, because I'm, I'm with you on that. That's just been something that's been granted to me for the longest time on if you're going to perform, if you're going to call yourself a performer, you need to be performing. I'm not talking about halfway, you know, muttering off to the side or just showing up does absolutely nothing when it comes showing to showing up is not enough unless yeah exactly unless you're actually i can't even think of a role that you can just show up and be like oh, okay unless you're the yeah. audience there it is right unless right. You're, the audience unless is the people that can show up and that's yeah. it and that's enough yeah. for people um if you're a musician or performer you gotta do more than just show up you you better be busting your tail people mm-hmm. can tell when you're not committed to oh. it last thing i kind of want to talk about with what success looks like is kind of looking at the flip side of it. But what if you're not having success? What if you're bored? What if you're not enjoying mm-hmm. what you're doing anymore in your acapella group? What do you do? My opinion, find a different group. Really? Because if you're not happy, mm-hmm. huh? No, I'm, I'm interested to hear where you're going with this. Well, yeah. if you're not happy with what you're doing, people can tell. Yeah. And if you are not happy with what you're doing, your negativity is going to spread to the other members in your group. It's a lose-lose, in my opinion. Yeah. You can get out there and you can do your own thing if you want to, if that's what's going to make you happy. But staying in a group that you're not in it, like if you're not in it, if you're not committed, you're not doing anybody any favors just by showing up. Right. And I've unfortunately been a part of groups where we've had those members. And long ago, I had to tell a member because I was a president at the time, hey, you know, you're lacking. Basically, you're you're not showing up. You're not doing what you need to do. And that member actually had a pretty big role in the group. And I'm like, hey, you're bringing the group down. We're not at our best with you in the group right now. So unfortunately, we need to ask you to leave. And I wish that, like you're saying, I wish was that, that people collegiate had to... or after? that was collegiate. No, that was collegiate. <laughs> no, 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 we're not that member. <laughs> Little I'm inside horrible. joke, listeners. No, this was definitely collegiate. But I it got to the point where it's like, I wish that that member could have had that self-awareness. I'm like, hey, mm-hmm. my heart's not in it at this time. I'm not doing what I need to do. Let me just step away because it's it's hindering the group from reaching their potential. And with that, we also had a member who they had other obligations. They realized, hey, you know, the timing is terrible right now. I'm a member right now, but I have other things that I really need to focus on for right. in my own personal life as well as, you know, school and all this other stuff. And I I just need to step away. And I think that in order to really reach success, you got to have members who are aware of where they're at with life. 100% agreed. Yeah. And I I mean, I mentioned earlier, we could talk about what success looks like and all that all day, but it's time for us to take another break. But don't go anywhere because Brian and I will be right back on Tacapella. Every week for an hour, we hand over the keys to the station to, wait, is that right? The listeners? 
It's true. You, our listeners, can choose what we play for our requests and dedications hour. You can catch it every Thursday at 9 p.m. in the East, 6 p.m. Pacific, and then again on Sundays at 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. East, 2 a.m. and 2 p.m. in the West. It's a chance for you to head to our website, pick some tunes that you want to request, or make a dedication. We'll play them right here on our air. And thanks for tuning back into the show. We have been discussing various things on today's episode of Talk Appella. We like to change things up every now and then, and today we decided that there are two important topics that we really wanted to share with our listeners. The first half of the show we dedicated to originals and just creating original music for groups and the importance of that and where the current community and acapella world is as a whole right now. And then the second half of the show, we just touched base on what success means. Alicia shared a lot of thoughts and opinions on what groups can do to achieve success and just really how to analyze the success factor within your current group. So we advise you to go listen to those previous segments. Uh, You might pick up a few things that you want to implement in your own group. And 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 maybe you won't. And if you you don't, I won't be offended. (laughs) Right. We like to think we give great advice 24-7, but hey, sometimes we... (laughs) We don't. But with that, we are going to transition to a, a staple of the show. While we don't have a guest tonight, we are still going to go through a rapid fire questions because we have each come up with a few questions that we're going to ask each other and maybe learn just a little bit more about each other. So Alicia, are you ready? I'm so ready. How, how about you? I was ready, I mean, but just hearing that, I'm nervous. I'm a little nervous. <laughs> I'm super nervous now. I have no idea what you're going to ask me. Okay, well, okay, well, this is going to be good then. All right, who wants to go first? I'll go first. All right, let's go. Wait, I think we should should rotate. I'll ask you a question you ask me. Okay. For sure. Would you rather be attacked by a big bear or a swarm of bees? Can I say neither? What? (laughs) Why are those my options? Oh my gosh, that's stressful. Well, I'm going to go just based off of seeing the movie The Revenant with Leonardo DiCaprio and how he got mauled by a bear, how painful that looked. I'm going to go with the bees. Maybe I can live. I would have gone with the bear. Really? I feel like I'm a goner if I go with the bear. Oh, and I get that. I feel like if I was going to be attacked by something and it was going to be super, super painful, I feel like with the bear, it would just be over and done with. Really? Yeah, you're optimistic about that bear attack. (laughs) All right. Question for you. What's the last movie or TV show that made you cry? Oh my gosh. I think New Girl. Really? It was the very the very last episode. Oh, okay. I'm like, yeah. I'm surprised. I didn't know that was that yeah. kind of show. Just very end. It was just very sentimental and like nostalgic. There was just a lot of, it gave me like all the feels. Ah, okay. So. I can see that. What's your favorite genre to sing? Oh, favorite genre to sing. That's a good question. Thank you. I came up with it myself. <laughs> I think it's actually, you know, R&B. I really enjoy okay. R&B. It's something nostalgic about it. I grew up with it. It's mm-hmm. something that most of my really close music friends, we love to sing together. So definitely R&B. Question for you. Oreos or Chips Ahoy? Oreos. Ooh, that was quick. Okay. But golden Oreos. And they have to be Golden stuffed. Oreos. I don't like getting all that chocolate in my teeth because then you can see it. And like the golden Oreos, it's just easier to hide. That's just like a snack for later. What are you talking about? That's good. <laughs> If you had some treasure, where would you bury it? Where would I bury it? See, if I told you, though, you know, it just defeat the purpose of having treasure. Right? I mean, to be fair, you live in Texas and I live in Utah. So the okay. likelihood that I'll get to it is probably pretty slim. You know, I probably have to spend a pretty penny to find it. The whole risk averse thing, like the fact that I might not find it. I'm like, eh, 
not worth the money I would spend trying to find it. Okay. Well, I just thought of a place because I realized that probably most people don't that know, even close people don't know where these people live at, but okay. I probably bury it in the back of my grandparents' backyard. Oh, okay. They've lived at the same place, like since my mom was a kid. And I know that that house isn't going anywhere. So I'd probably All go right. There. All right. All right. Question number three. If you were to ever get a tattoo, what would it be of? would be a delta delta like the greek kind of, sign it kind of looks like a star trek like the star trek symbol oh uh, okay but i would get it right back on my my left shoulder blade oh wow you thought this through yeah no i i, I have but i'm never gonna get a tattoo because <laughs> i just they're not my thing uh, i think they're beautiful on other people i don't know if any of our listeners know anything about marching band but i i did this thing called drum corps and when i was i was 21 years old and i was in this marching band thing. It was called a drum corps. I mean, I was in the the color guard section. So we throw the flags on the field and stuff. And and we went on tour around the country in the summer. And it was so much fun. And, and I worked with that same drum corps for three summers after that. It was a good time in my life. And it mm-hmm. was a lot of fun. A lot of, it was a very big growth period for me. And the tradition with drum corps is if you get a tattoo you get your core symbol tattooed somewhere so and and the typical place for the drum corps that i marched with which is called spirit of atlanta is the left shoulder blade you get a delta oh wow okay wow yeah okay jimmy kimmel or fallon and why oh man i probably say fallon just because really okay yeah i've watched him a lot more than i watched kimmel kimmel has good segments but i don't know for me it's jimmy fallon has that connection with his guests that is just like it feels more natural and it seems like all of his guests love him and i typically oh and with that he also has the roots band how could i forget about that okay, a lot of okay. the segments i love because they have the roots there so yeah we disagree on that oh that's okay kimmel. okay the halloween candy i just oh that that is a good segment and, the, and the mean tweets he's my kind of funny guy like he has my kind of humor and I so get i appreciate it. it i think i'm a, a a bigger fan of like the skits and i think fallon does a lot more of the skits so yeah, yeah, yeah. totally all right question for you travel to another continent by boat or bike to the other end of the country oh by boat to another continent wow okay Hands really down. i don't do biking i don't do that thing <laughs> I'm, I'm not i'm not like a huge fan of water but if i have some dramamine i'm good um, oh, but okay. i like one of my the items on my bucket list is actually to visit every single continent really except for antarctica unless what? it's feasible i think it's this should be feasible people live there yeah, but I mean, I'm I've got four out of the six. Okay. Yeah. Do you want to know what I'm missing? Because people I feel like you should that. tell me. Yeah. Okay. I'm missing South America. Okay, that should be easy. And Australia. Okay, Australia, so, I can see. So I've been South to America, America, Europe, and Asia, and obviously North America. Oh man. Okay. Yeah. Last question for you: What is the oh. last concert that you went to? Ooh, the last concert you attended. What was the last one we attended? That is a good question. Really? You don't know this? It must have been a crappy concert. No, I'm trying to think because there was like uh, before pre-pandemic, there was like a year. I think we went to multiple shows in that year, but I'm trying to remember which one was the very last one. Does it just music concert or just like can it be anyone performing? I would say concert. Like concert to me is music. Oh, man. I think. Oh, man. Which one was that? There's one that's coming to mind. I just don't know if it was the last one, that, the very last one. The last one I can remember, oh, and please don't laugh at me, because he is actually one of my favorite artists, Barry Manilow. I'm like, he came to Houston over the last two years. I'm just trying to remember if that was, that feels like that was one of the last ones I went to. Okay. Okay. Very cool. For sure. But it was a, like a dream. I bet it was good. Oh, it was, it was wonderful. But the fact we were like the youngest people there by like about 40 years. <laughs> but other than that, it was great. I loved it. I mean, I could have said, I bet it fan. was nice. 
Oh, it was wonderful. <laughs> it was a nice little intimate I, I, concert. The, you never want to hear someone tell you, that was nice. I'm paying homage to that. Sure. And you're laughing internally at me. No, no, no. Uh, I, I think that's fantastic. Although I do think it's hilarious that you were like the youngest people there. Oh, yeah. It was it was absurd. For sure. Yeah. Final question for you. Mouse, hamster, or squirrel? If you had to be one for an entire day, which would you choose? Probably a hamster. Hamster? Why a hamster? Because, I mean, for the most part, hamsters are domesticated. So the likelihood <laughs> that I'm going to be run over and turned into roadkill is fairly slim. That's a good point. Your survival chances are like drastically yeah. better with a hamster. Yeah. Interesting. And if I'm a mouse, I might get like fed to a snake if I was bought at a pet shop. So I yeah. like my life generally. I was so. about to say, mouse <laughs> might actually be the worst of the three now that I'm yeah. thinking about it. Yeah. Wow. Squirrels are probably a little bit better. Yeah. I just feel like they're too jittery, but a little bit, a little bit. Although just, the amount of energy I have most of the time probably identifies. Uh, you know what? Oh. That makes sense. I can see that. Yeah, yeah. I can see that. That was rapid fire. Thanks, Brian, for oh, yeah. indulging me because that's one of my favorite parts of the show. Just because I laugh a lot, and who doesn't <laughs> love to laugh? But also, per tradition, we like to leave our listeners with a bit of advice, and that does not exclude this host's only special. So, Brian. If you had mm -hmm. to leave our listeners with a bit of advice, what would you tell them? I think I'm actually going to piggyback off of a, a phrase or an idea that you brought up earlier. You mentioned failure as we were talking about success. And you know what? The more and more I think about failure and I think about the times I felt as a performer, I, I realized that that was detrimental to my growth. And I go running regularly. And there's you a mean failing was detrimental to your growth. Yeah, I think a failure okay. is important. For sure. And you, so you mean like the lack of failure is detrimental to your growth? No, I mean, actually failing is important. I think. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Because well, you said no, failing is detrimental to your growth. And I was yes. like. No, normally these advice segments, you know, you get to like. I don't Complete anything, the whole idea. I'm sorry. Continue. <laughs> like I was saying, I think it's important that as performers, you come across failure. Because like I said, it helps you. To become better. And for me, I go running regularly and I always listen to this track. I've created this little track that has tons of songs and inspirational talk and things like that. And they always talk about failure. There's this one segment where it's Arnold Schwarzenegger and he's talking about failure and it's really cool. And I, I can't like verbalize it right now just because I'm trying to think of it. And of course, the idea never comes to you as you're trying to think of it. But go <laughs> listen, to, just type Arnold Schwarzenegger failure speech. It's really cool. But he talks about it in a way that's just like, man, a Imagine if you never failed. Imagine if you lived this kind of perfect pathway to success all the time. You don't remember all of those moments that it was just like, that was just easy selling. Because for me, I remember the struggles. I remember what it was like being in the early stages of a group. I remember what it's like trying to get people to buy into what we're doing. And those were some of the best times. And it, and as I experienced those moments and kind of internalized them, it made me just, it catapulted me to the place I wanted to be as I continued to go along my path, which is why I'm saying it as weird it may sound you need failure or else you wouldn't realize your potential at the end of the day if you are happy with where you're at 
and all you experience was success all the time, you would never know what your limits would be. At the end of the day, you never know what your growth potential is. And it's only through those moments of failure, it's like, oh man, I know what nerves feels like. Oh man, I know what it's like to be at the bottom. I know what how I can relate to other people in the same situation as me. So with that, failure is okay. As long as you're willing to work through the failure at the end of the day, if all you're gonna do is fail and be like, okay, well, that's it, then you're not getting anything out of it. But if fail, fail big. That way, this next time you come back, it'll make the comeback even greater. So yeah, I wholeheartedly believe that failure is detrimental to success for sure. And with that, Alicia, what advice would you like to offer our listeners? Brian, I don't think you're saying that right. You're saying Um, failure is detrimental to success. When I think of the word detrimental, I think like... Yes, you need failure in order to realize how successful you can be. I would say failure is pivotal for success. No, detrimental, no. Detrimental is fine to use in that sense. Thank you. Brian, your words are beautiful. My advice, significant, my advice is not going to be as eloquent as yours, but I also want to touch on something or, or emphasize something that we talked about earlier. My advice would be if you have anything in your life that is not making you happy, get out of it. Not even necessarily get out of it, but change it up because doing things that are not making you happy, as I said earlier, you're not doing anyone any favors and it's probably going to hurt you more than anyone else around you. So do what makes you happy. And if something isn't making you happy, change it so that it does. Solid advice. I like it. And Alicia, on that note, if our listeners wanted to learn more about you, where could they go? You can find me on Instagram. My Instagram is e.squared. That's e.squared1989. How about you, Brian? As always, you can find me on Twitter at TheBrianAlex, Brian with an I. And while you're on Twitter, go give Talkapella a follow. We have a Twitter account at Talkapella, two Ps, two Ls. And of course, check out our website, Talkapella.org, to hear the latest episodes that we have uh, created for you all. And as always, with that, we're going to ask that you please go give Aquaville Radio a follow. They're wonderful people. They're a wonderful team. And without them, this show wouldn't exist. So we thank them so much. Alicia, we did it. Great episode. We did. We That was, <laughs> was really fun. Yeah, it was different. But I, I mean, I, I love having guests, but that was very satisfying. Right. And I, I think that we need these moments just to really reach out to our listeners and offer some insight from our own minds as we've collected thoughts from our, our guests. So we hope that you all enjoyed today's episode. And for everything else, stay tuned.